Welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work in Silicon Valley. I am originally from Caracas, Venezuela, and I've been calling the U.S. home for the last 20 years. When it comes to Latinos in the U.S., we are 60 million people, but we're only 3% of the workers in science or engineering. As a professional in Silicon Valley, I've had the opportunity to meet some remarkable professionals that work in the tech industry, Latinos like me. With this podcast, I want to bring you a collection of their stories and how they got a job in tech in the first place. And if they had to start all over again, what would they do differently? I want to share with you career advice on how to get a job in tech, how to deal with imposter syndrome, how to find your tribe when you're the only one in the room. This is Latinos Who Tech. This episode of Latinos Who Tech is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the world's premium platform for audiobooks with over 150,000 titles. If you're like me, you're passionate about learning new things, but finding the time to read may be difficult. Audiobooks are a great alternative. You can get a free 30-day trial plus a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash latinos. Go and support them since they support us. Thank you. A lot of you have asked me more about my story and how I got into Silicon Valley and what my day-to-day -day job at Intel is like. And yes, I have a day job. <laughs> Podcasting is mainly my hobby and a tool that I use to network and find mentors and mentees and also spend quality time with people that I admire. I feel that I learn so much through each one of these conversations. And you get to see a distilled part of the conversation. So you get to hear to the 30, 40 core minutes. But the reality is that whenever I sit down to talk with anybody in this podcast, we usually talk for about an hour and a half or two hours. So it's, uh, it's been super rewarding just to build these connections with other folks in the tech industry. And if you're listening to this, uh, I hope that you're enjoying it, that you're getting that value that you want out of these uh, conversations. So a lot of you have asked me about my day-to-day -day job and how I got to Silicon Valley. So I thought I'd share with you this conversation I had with my good friend and fellow podcaster, Adriana Flores Ragade. She hosts a podcast called Latinx America about catalysts that impact the Latinx community in a positive way. If you know me, you know that I don't really use that Latinx word. I think that it's not the right word to use. It's not something that I share. But again, it's a small thing when you look at all the great interviews that Adriana has uh, conducted and all the great content that she has. So I definitely encourage you to check out her podcast. She has some amazing talent in it. And kudos to her because she actually has every interview. She has it in English and then she has a summary of the interview in Spanish. So her podcast is uh, fully bilingual. I do something similar with the Conexiones podcast and Latinos Who Tech. But in my case, the people are, are different. You know, I don't, I don't really translate any content per se. So again, check her out. Her podcast is awesome. I think that she, she does an amazing job at uh, collecting these conversations too. So without further ado, I hope this answers a lot of questions you may have. You can reach me at Latinos Who Tech in Instagram or Twitter, or you can send me an email at latinoswhotech at gmail.com. Here you go. My conversation with Adriana Flores Tragade. 
Thank you. Hugo, thanks for joining us this morning in Latinx America. It's great to have you. Um, I've interacted with you uh, through, I mean, I've listened to your podcast too. So I'm excited to have you as part of Latinx America. And the fact that you are an engineer or you're, you know, you're in tech makes a big difference in terms of also the content that you're able to produce. So why don't we start by learning about you you're used to being on the other end and interviewing people. So let's talk about your journey into tech. Well, Adriana, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And thank you for building this Latinx America community. Because uh, I also listen to your podcast and I just love your style and how you focus on the personal journey. So thank you for inviting me. So I'm, um, I'm actually a musician turned electrical engineer turned product marketing manager. Uh, I actually went to school first for sound engineering back home in, in Florida. Uh, I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, eh, but moved with my family to Florida when I was uh, a kid, when I was only 12 years old. And I loved that intersection of music and technology and how you can use technology to make music and make sound better. So I got a, actually I got my degree back in 20, 2008. And I started working in a recording studio in Orlando. And one of my mentors at the time, the Professor Raul Valeri, so that I was really, really passionate about electronics and how do things work? How, do, how are all these amplifiers and sound effect machines put together? Mm-hmm. So he, he mentored me. He saw that I had a knack for it. So he told me, Hugo, maybe you should consider electrical engineering. And at the time I was like, why not? So I started taking classes at UCF, University of Central Florida, and eventually I got my degree back in 2011. And my thing was all analog electronics. I was uh, really geeky about analog electronics, uh, transistors, amplifiers, all the, that sort of thing. Uh, I remember that I actually bought a domain, uh, strictlyanalog.com. My email in college was Hugo at strictlyanalog.com. So fast forward, 2012, Intel calls me. Hey, Hugo, we're looking for analog engineers. Uh, would you be interested in an interview? <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and at the time, I'm like, what am I going to do at Intel? I just want to build sound amplifiers. And I landed a co-op in Sacramento, California, eh, back in 2012. So I packed my Nissan Sentra uh, with all my things, a couple bags, my bass guitar, my music collection, and made a road trip out here to California and fell in love with the culture at Intel. And uh, I've gone through different roles at Intel. So I've actually, I, be- I became an analog design engineer and I fell in love with the culture, my team. But I realized that being in a cube, designing circuits all day, wasn't really something that was, it was attractive, but it's, but my thing is the people. My thing is that, okay, who are the people using this product? Because uh, I used to work in the memory product division. And in the staff meetings, I was always asking questions like, wait, wait, wait. Who are going to use these SSD drive we're building? What do they look like? What do they like to listen to? How do they use it? And my boss at the time said, Hugo, that's that's a marketing question. Like we, We're here to just build this and we don't care. After we build it, it runs, it works. We don't care about that. 
Uh, but, you know, he was, uh, that's my other one of my mentors, uh, Matthew Daly. Uh, he, he actually saw in me that I was really passionate about presenting my ideas and talking with people, listening to people, building those relationships. And uh, he recommended me for a sales and marketing rotation program here at Intel, where we take uh, electrical engineers, computer scientists, and we teach them how to be field application engineers. So we are in the intersection of the customers and the technology. And right now I work as a technical product marketing manager at Intel. And what I do is that I give marketing and salespeople the tools they need to tell the stories about our products. Uh, so CPUs specifically. So why should you buy this? What's the benefit of getting this? Uh, so I have an engineering background, so that really helps because I really understand the products at a deep technical level. And I'm, I'm able to convey uh, in a simple storytelling manner, why should you buy this? So I, I found my niche and I'm, I'm in love with it. I've been in the Bay Area for three years now and, and I love it. I, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. And you're a great communicator. So it's um, great that you're able to combine your technical skills with your with your marketing skills because those are marketing skills what you're using um in you. product development skills uh, but you're also a podcaster so you're a full-time tech person and in your spare time and i'm not sure how much spare time you have but you are <laughs> uh, you're, <laughs> you're a podcaster so tell us about what you're doing and why you also follow that passion of actually building your own podcast Thank you for asking that. Uh, it's, uh, as you know, you know, uh, podcasting takes a lot of time. Uh, the mm -hmm. editing, booking guests, making that calendar for your your recordings and all those things. So it, it does take time. I actually did the math on how much time I invest per episode. And it's, it comes around nine hours mm -hmm. per episode. That's why that's why I only do mine bi-weekly. It's called Conexiones. And... The way that I got into podcasting is that I I love listening to podcasts. I, I love audio. Uh, if you ask my if you ask my friends, I'm the the friend that's always walking around the house with headphones on. I'm always listening <laughs> to an audiobook or a podcast. And here in the Bay Area, um, so I'm part of this national organization called SHEP, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. We are a nonprofit that aims to connect the Hispanic community with the tech companies uh, to solve that problem of the leaky pipeline of talent. Mm -hmm. So I am a volunteer and I, I host uh, workshops around public speaking, communications, networking, how to tell your story, how to find out what you're really good at, all those kinds of soft skills workshops. So I looked at podcasting as a way of doing mentorship at scale. Because if I do a workshop, or have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, an informational interview with a professional from Apple, Google, Facebook. That's amazing. That's great. I get a lot of value out of it. But what happens if I record that informational interview mm -hmm. and I ask a product manager from Apple, hey, so what does a product manager really do every day? <laughs> what does your week look like? Uh, when do you know you're done? You know, can you tell me your challenges that you face uh, when working with teams, 
Uh, can you tell me the product you're the proudest of? And I find that through Conexiones, my, my podcast, I find that people are able to get that example of, hey, that person has a Latino last name and it's at Apple, at Google. Wait, so that means that I can be there too. Uh, most of my audience are uh, young professionals and uh, college students. And, and amazingly, a lot of my audience, I, I ran a survey in my audience and around 65% of them are, are women or Latinas that are interested in working in STEM or are within STEM. So that was a, a very pleasant surprise, the fact that I'm, I'm reaching that audience. So my aim is to show uh, the young professionals that listen to it that it's possible. You can work in tech as well. And there are some really, really interesting people that are here in the Bay Area. So I see myself as a, a collector of stories, if you will. And my aim is always to connect that uh, young professional, that Latino, Latina young professional to STEM via podcasting. Thank you, Hugo. So you mentioned that you want to do something about the leaky pipeline. What do you think we as a community can do more to increase you know, diversity in tech, just based on your, your personal journey and also that of those that you've, that you've had a chance to interview that are working in those companies? And obviously, those companies are doing good things for, because they're retaining them, right? Yes. I find that so, so there's two things here. So the first thing is that we need to get to the students as early as possible. Uh, that's why with SHEP, with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, we have outreach programs for K-12 students. And I find that that's one pillar that we need to take care of. Now, what happens is that when I focus mostly in college students because I... I've been doing workshops for SHEP for the last, uh, I've been a SHEP member for the last 10 years and I've been a lifetime member since 2011. So I've been doing workshops pretty much quarterly, at least one or two a quarter to college students and they need to know that it's possible. They need to know that the first thing to get something done is visualizing that what being done looks like. Uh, so I think... Uh, I think to to solve that pipeline, you know, what the things that we can do as a community is actually seek out the people that have succeeded and reach out to them. Because I tell you one thing that we we have the social media is this double-edged sword of, you know, you can waste an hour scrolling through memes and stuff like that. Or you can actually, and I do this all the time, and I'm sure you do it as well. I go to LinkedIn and I look at, hmm, who do I know that works at Apple? Oh, okay. I have 10 people that are in my network and I have 10 other people that are second level connections. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. That person, that's uh, Maria Garcia. I wonder where she's from. Let me ask her. Let me add her. Let me, hey, I'm Hugo Castellanos. Great to meet you at your service here at Intel in the South Bay. So seek out those mentors and build relationships with them. I, I, I think I think that I, I wouldn't be here without the network of mentors that, that I, I've, I've built throughout the years. So I think that the very actionable thing that we can do as a community is seek out those mentors. Uh, use LinkedIn, use uh, Facebook, use whatever social media you're at, because there's a community of us, of the Latinos in STEM, 
And we're out here and we are more than happy to help the next generation. And uh, full disclosure, my husband works at LinkedIn and I, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> it, it's been there for a while, but I, I have, yeah, I have wonderful connections. And uh, I think the thing about our community and those that are our allies is that if you ping them, the likelihood that they'll respond is really high um, unless they're like super duper busy. Um, even those that are really busy uh, tend to reply with, oh, let me connect you with someone else or, or how this is how I can help. Right. So uh, I, um, it's not a full product endorsement. And like I said, my husband, full disclosure, works on LinkedIn. And, uh, but I, I love, I just love the connections that we're able to, to make because they're also meaningful. And they're with right. people that are either in the roles that you, um, that you aspire to be in or the roles in, in our case of people that we want to interview um, or that are, are on their way. So, um, and I always welcome people sending me uh, notes and I just had uh, someone from DC that sent me a note by LinkedIn and said, Oh, you know, I, I, I really like your podcast and, and this is what I want to do. And and she wants to get into data science. And I said, well, I just interview, you know, Jorge Garcia, who is a data scientist. Can I connect you both? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. That would be, you know, that would be wonderful. So, um, in in a way, we're you know we're making our we're making a difference. So, um, and so thank you, LinkedIn. And uh, let's move on to you. Uh, you said something earlier, which is you know I want other people to know what um, what people in in different roles do at different companies. So, um, tell me a little bit about how one becomes a product manager. We we heard your journey, but what's the traditional route or maybe even the non-traditional route that someone can get to become a product manager? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you asked me that. Um, and by the way, full disclosure, I love LinkedIn. I pay the $59.99 a month. Gladly, I do too. Gladly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and your husband works there, and you know, there, yeah, there, and I, there's I pay, no friends, I, and, right? There's no friends and family discount, I guess. So, not not that I've gotten because I've been a premium member for the past, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, four or five years. And he's like, "Oh my God, you're always on LinkedIn," and I'm like, yeah. "Well," and now with LinkedIn Learning too, it's one it's of those fantastic. things where, yeah, I, I take courses, and I just feel like I'm. It's one of those things where you're always walking around with your, your with your headphones. You know, you if I'm working out or if I'm doing something, you, you see me uh, on my iPad, like listening to some new, you know, new trend that I should know about, you know, right. how to use or how to leverage social media or something. But let's talk about your um, sure. product management. <laughs> sure, sure. So and, and, and that's my first uh, reaction when I don't know something I, is the first two thing is that who do I know? that knows how to do it. And the second is, is there a Linda course or a LinkedIn course or anything? I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm a strong believer that you can learn something new from anyone you meet. That is why every month I compile all the key learnings from this podcasting experience and summarize them in my monthly newsletter. I curate the resources we talk about, key learnings, books I'm currently reading, and give you recommendations on how to become a better Latino professional. You can sign up following the show notes or at latinoswhotech.com. Thank you. So I'm actually a, a product marketing manager. 
So what we have is that we have the product manager that is the person that orchestrates how the programmers, designers, uh, marketing people work together to ship a product. My role is I'm part of a competitive assessment team. So what I do is that when our competition ships out a product, I'm responsible for putting together a response guide for the field. So these are marketing people, salespeople. How can we counteract the claims from the competition? Uh, so I'm the one that, so if it's my personality perfectly because I'm a geek at heart. So I get to go through all the <laughs> press releases and the data sheets and, okay, where did they make a mistake? Let me look through all the fine print. And I look at it like a game. And if I find mm. that they made a mistake in their technical data, I, I win because I can call them out on it in my response guide. So, hey, they ran this test, but actually they ran it at this temperature. And we know that the real user will use it. You know, you wouldn't run your computer if it's negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. You'll probably be too cold to even think about turning on your computer. So, okay, so why are they running that test at that temperature level? It makes no sense. They are, they're only doing it because they're, they know they're going to perform better. So that, that's kind of a silly example, but it drives the point home that that's, that's what I do. I, I actually find the narratives, analyze the data, and come up with the response plan, and then deliver it to the field. So I have webinars uh, pretty much once, twice a month to 300, 400 salespeople. And hey, this is the, these are the products that we're competing now, against now. And this is the roadmap, the pipeline of products that are coming down. And uh, this is the plan of action that we have. So I actually became one through the... So yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to ask how you became one. <laughs> of course, of course. So actually, I was part of this sales and marketing rotation program at Intel. And it's fantastic because what we do is that we do rotations through different teams. So eight, eight months to 12 months in different teams. And I went through a product marketing team. I went through a sales team doing data-centered sales. I was covering Mexico. So I was on a plane to Mexico every six weeks. So Guadalajara, Monterrey, Mexico City, I pretty much, I, I feel like, I feel at home when I'm there. because okay. So many friends and just colleagues there. And my, one of my rotations was with this competitive marketing team. And I just fell in love with the, the sense of ownership that, that I had in the team. I remember that two months in, my manager, so, hey, Hugo, you, you speak Spanish, right? Uh, yes, of course, it's my native language. And you like presenting stuff, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Okay, we're sending you to Panama for a week. Uh, we have uh, 12 sessions to teach uh, to these CEOs of companies down there and retailers. And I want you to do that with us. Okay, great. I've been doing this for two months. Sure. Thank you. So, so it was that sense of ownership, that sense of opportunity. Uh, there is no traditional path to become a product marketing manager. I find that the people that thrive in these roles are usually people that have intellectual curiosity. Mm -hmm. You are 
a lot of times, a lot of uh, programmers and and coders and people and electrical engineers like myself, a lot of us, I mean, we're in it because we love solving problems. But what happens is that to be a product marketing manager, you need to be able to solve the problem that's in front of you. But also mm -hmm. you need to ask questions and research about what's the future problems, what's the future problems that are out there going to look like. Uh, so you have to be able to look at things in a very tactical level, uh, what's going on in the market today, and also at a very strategic level. level. Oh, okay, company, let's just throw some names. So, okay, Tesla just uh, got that VP from uh, Apple to join their board. Mm, uh -huh. What does that mean? You know, what are they trying to put together? Because, uh, you know, these executives, they make millions of dollars. And when you leave a company, you're walking away from $20, $25 million in stock that you're not going to get. So so when you see movements like that in the industry, uh, it's, uh, it's usually because there's something cooking uh, in the back kitchen. And so it's having having all those things straight. Um, actually, I like to think of also as a... You know, actually, I have a I have a board in my cube in my office, and I have uh, roadmaps of different companies, and almost like a conspiracy theory movie, <laughs> like <laughs> connecting the dots of things. Uh, so, so yeah, so intellectual curiosity is the the main thing, uh, and I find that the people that do this job are usually people that did a coverage, like a coverage, mm -hmm. like a engineers that did a like a maternity coverage or a vacation coverage for somebody that was a PMM already. And they loved it. Um, and most of my managers, actually, they this is their fourth, fifth job at Intel. So, so it's usually it's, it's that connection of, of having that intellectual curiosity, that technical background, and that love for finding out what the next big problem is. What do you think of like product schools or some of those um, short-term learning, I guess, boot camps. Um, have you met anyone that has gone through those and, you know, are currently sure. working with your team or? Of course, of course. It, yeah. So actually uh, I have a, one of my favorite episodes is uh, episode nine on my podcast. I interview a, a product manager from Apple. Uh, his name is Carlos Montesinos. He's from Ecuador and he went through the product school um, because he's, his background, he's a robotics engineer, but he wanted to become a product manager. And he was able to go through the program, very intense program, three-month program. And, you know, he, he went through it and, and he loved it. And uh, I think that there's a place for that kind of schooling, especially for busy professionals. Uh, mm -hmm. You may have a day job, you know, because I, we need to be realistic. Like, it's not, you know, it's very, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very grateful for the fact that I can get another job in tech if mm -hmm. I want to. You know, I, I know people at different companies and people within different departments at Intel. I can call them up and work my way to a different job. But if I'm a working professional, let's say that I work uh, at, a, at a school or I have a, a regular job as an administrator or administrative assistant, like it's not it's not realistic for me to tell them, hey, you should go to uh, Stanford for computer science. 
you know, while you work, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not realistic. So those short term programs that are like three months, two months, like galvanized product school, general assembly. I love them because they give you that really intense uh, starting point, that really concentrated knowledge. Uh, and I find that if that's something that, that works for you, you should definitely pursue it. Uh, granted, though, that it's a primer. You know, what's going to make you a product manager is shipping products. Uh, so, for example, this podcast that you do, Adriana, it's a product. You know, you, you go through a analysis <laughs> of your audience, you study your audience. Okay, what do they want to listen to? And then what do I like to talk about? And what kind of people I like to connect? So you put all those things together, and I'm sure you have a roadmap of what episodes you want to release. Mm-hmm. And you have your list of dream guests that you want to bring that, okay, someday. Because, mm-hmm. uh, right. So, so going through that feedback loop and shipping podcasts constantly, and then launching, measuring, learning, launching, measuring, learning, uh, that's what's going to make you a, a product manager. It doesn't matter if you're doing a podcast or you do a, a blog or you make uh, anything. That's how, that's how you become a product manager, by shipping products. Thank you, Hugo. Um, what have been some of the recurring themes um, that you've seen either in your professional life or in the stories of those that you have interviewed that, you know, have come to light for you? How do I get a job without experience? A big one. The other one is, how do I get a mentor? Mm -hmm. And the big, big, biggest one is, how do I manage up? How do I Mm -hmm. I talk to my manager that is probably, you know, again, I don't want to generalize, but uh, in tech, your manager is probably 20 years older than you in some of these mm-hmm. tech companies and probably is from, you know, it's probably not Hispanic or Latino, Latina uh, for the most part. So how do I, 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 how can I be authentic at work uh, when my manager is so different than me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, fi- I find that those are recurring themes and um, I particularly like the, the mentor one because uh, it's the one that I, I find that a lot of people, that I that I I mentor, uh, you know, they they've asked me that that hey, well, how do I actually get one? You know, I don't know. Like I I know that I need one, so that's great. Mm-hmm. That's step number one. You know, you need one. You need a mentor. You need a sponsor. Uh, so using that mentor word, it's very loaded for some people. You know, some I I like to think of uh, dating analogies. You know, it's like you've been talking with a, a yeah, because like it's like a, don't okay. date your mentor though. Don't date no, your no, mentor. no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like if you go out on yeah. a couple of dates with somebody, like uh, three, four dates, and you ask them like, okay, are we boyfriend, girlfriend, or what? What are we doing here? Uh, eventually, you're gonna have that conversation. Uh, but that conversation turns off people a lot because mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of people are afraid of commitment. So when you so you you don't ask people, hey, do you want to be my mentor? No, you, you, you ask them out for coffee. Hey, I, I would love to learn what you do. Uh, I'm actually starting a similar role at a more junior level. Do you mind if I buy you a cup of coffee? I'm open Thursday from 10 to 4, and I'm open all day Friday. So happy to meet you where you work and ask you three, five questions. So 
doing those things and doing those things regularly and make it mm-hmm. easy for them. Oh, mm-hmm. you can only meet on the phone at 7 a.m. on Saturday? No problem. Uh, happy to meet you. Uh, sometimes they might say, hey, actually, uh, I work in San Francisco. You're in San Jose. Do you mind coming here to my office? Happy to meet you. If that works easier for you, happy to meet you, happy to accommodate. So, and people realize that, you know, people realize that, okay, I'm going to, because a lot of people want a slice of your time. Mm-hmm. So you put a, a couple, you know, a couple tests along the way and you realize that, wow, okay, this person really cares about building a mentor-mentee relationship. And it's on you to keep track mm-hmm. of them and keep that relationship warm. So for some people, coffee once a month works great. For some other people, you know, you need to, they're busier, so you need to talk with them quarterly. And and it's not only about asking them stuff. It's also about giving them stuff. Uh, so I actually have a, a mentor here. Uh, he's a VP here at Intel. And he's really, really, he's from, he's from Ohio. And he's really into, he wants to learn Spanish. So every time that I see something interesting, like a new podcast to learn Spanish or a new phrase book, I send it his way. And I've actually met with him and I, I, I coach him on, okay, this is, these are the things that, okay, this is like different to like Mexican Spanish and then the more uh, neutral Spanish. And then, okay, are you going to Colombia for business? Okay, let me tell you the lingo and uh, the importance of having lunch together, all those things. Uh, and he's a VP. So he coaches mm-hmm. me on public speaking, executive presence, uh, how to write better emails. Because I find mm-hmm. that that's, a, that's, a, that's one of my areas that I need to work in. Uh, you know, I'm too long, long-winded when I write. So I need to be more concise, more to the point. So, so it's a give and give. You know, mm-hmm. one, one hand washes the other and both wash the face. So we all help each other. So I find that finding the mentor, that's like the biggest theme, right, from my guests and from people that I work with. So for those of you listening out there, if you want to become a mentor, uh, know that uh, we're encouraging uh, audience members and others to seek you. Uh, and we hope that you'll be willing happy, to, happy give, to I, give up your time. Happy to do it. And and the first thing that I ask my, uh, the last thing that I ask my guests at the end of the interview is, are you okay if we share your LinkedIn information? Because uh, more people need to learn about this. And 100% of the time they said yes. And now something really interesting has been going on because people have been writing them and writing me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now my guests are becoming connected between each other. And I'm doing some really interesting stuff. Uh, uh, my my friend, and she was a guest, Lusa Jaramillo. She's a IT manager at Electronic Arts. And she was at Grace Hopper Conference in Houston a couple of weeks ago. I was there. You were there, right. And mm-hmm. a few of my listeners went to the Electronic Arts uh, booth just to meet her. Because they listened to her in the podcast. I'm like, wow, you're going to be here too? Okay, I, w- I need to meet you. So they met her out there. Yeah, I actually just interviewed someone yesterday that I met at Grace Hopper, and uh, um, she she had listened to my podcast and was really excited. And she's like, "Let's meet up at the at, you know at the exhibitors hall," and um, and it was just very rewarding to kind of meet yes. listeners and and also to connect them with others um, and provide some advice. 
So now let's go back to yourself. I know that you're a mentor to others, but um, what helps you develop uh, professionally? What keeps you motivated or active? Are there any practices that that you um, or rituals that you follow? So I I'm a huge fan of this methodology called getting things done. Uh, mm-hmm. It was started by um, David Allen. He's a he's a productivity coach, a writer, speaker, uh, really interesting guy. He developed this system of tracking your projects and mm-hmm. essentially planning how you get everything done. Um, it sounds very simplistic, but it's built in some very powerful ideas. Uh, like, you know, your mind is great for having ideas, but not for holding them. Uh, mm-hmm. So never keep anything in your head. You got an idea, write it down. You know, you have an inbox of stuff. Uh, then every day, process that inbox. You know, what's relevant? What's relevant for today? What needs to get done today, this week, this month? And uh, so I've been practicing that for the last four years. And and people can can Google search his methodology. It's very, very rewarding, very straightforward. Um, I'm a huge fan of mindfulness and the mm-hmm. fact that we are being present, having a one-on-one conversation. So I make a point also of, and this is part of GTD, that I always have a, a notebook in my wallet. So I'm showing you my, my, my wallet now. It has a notebook in it and yes. a pen. So I make a point of, you know, if you say something interesting, you recommend me a book, I pull out my notebook and I write it down. I don't go to my phone because I, I find it disrespectful in a way that, it, you know, that if we're having a conversation, we're enjoying each other's company, we're learning from each other, I should give you my full undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's why, uh, so that's been helping me a lot. Uh, and... Another practice that's been really helpful for me is every day I have uh, 90 minutes uh, to two hours that mm-hmm. I block in my calendar for deep work. And, and what do I mean by deep work? It means that I actually shut off my email <laughs> on my phone and I just get stuff done. Uh, some people call it the power hour, uh, but it's essentially finding that time of day because we're, we're all again like i i work to i serve people that are working in sales and marketing and engineering so i need mm-hmm. to be connected you know they ping me they send me a whatsapp i need to answer them um, but there's always a one hour and a half block of time where i'm mm-hmm. just working just getting stuff done uh, and i find that i do my highest quality of work in that time uh, so i've been doing that for i want to say a couple years and it's worked wonders for me. It's worked, and, and being respectful to it in the sense that if you're a morning person, uh, I'm not. But if you're a morning person, okay, 7 to 8.30. No calls, no meetings, just work. Focus mm-hmm. on the important things. Um, and then the, the last one that I, I, I am a huge fan of is planning your day the night before. So actually, mm-hmm. I look at my list of projects and to-dos at every day at 8 p.m. And I look at my schedule for the next day. I look, okay, who do I need to meet? Or do I need to commute there? Uh, and just write down the list for the day of things that I need to get done 
So last mm -hmm. night I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a to do that. Okay, let me review the let me let me review the notes for the podcast. Let me actually mm -hmm. pack my microphone. Uh, let me you know all those things. And that way, when I woke up, I just look at my list and everything's sorted out. So I don't need to make more decisions in the morning and uh, everything just flows smoothly. So those are the, the practices that help me. Uh, so you're a planner. A great uh, planning helps. Um, let's move on to um, a couple of last uh, questions. Um, any influencers that you follow or that you would recommend that we follow or learning resources and also what's in store for you? What's your next play? I love the next play concept. Uh, I can tell that LinkedIn is big in your household. I, I, I can tell. <laughs> so as far as influencers, I'm a, that's a, that's a, that's a really good one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Max Sparky. Uh, Max Sparky is uh, he's a lawyer and an Apple nerd. I'm a, mm -hmm. I've been an Apple user since I was five years old. So I'm a huge fan of the platform and, and the company and the products they put out. So Max Sparky is the one that every time that I need to figure something out, how to use a piece of software in Mac, uh, he has either a free guide on it. Uh, he's on top of the new releases. So Max Sparky is one of them. David mm -hmm. Sparks is his name. He's also a podcaster. Uh, a, I'm a huge fan of um, Melvin Rivera Velasquez via podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, everything I've learned about podcasting, I've learned through him. And mm -hmm. I'm super thankful for, for, for all the content he puts out there. Those are the, 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 the two big ones mm -hmm. in, in that area. Thank you, Paul. <clears throat> uh, and as far as the, the, next, the next play, I think that my next play is to become... I consider myself a leader of others. Mm -hmm. I've always been the one that... When there's a task force that needs to be led, I step up mm -hmm. to the plate and I become the their manager of this team of three, four, five people for one month. We get it done. We ship it. Cool. What's next? Mm -hmm. Next step, I actually want to become uh, a people manager. I actually oh. want to become a people manager in my, in my organization. And it's a conversation that, that I've had in my, with, my, with leaders and managers in my organization. Uh, so actually, I got an, an intern this summer, mm -hmm. and I did the whole thing from a, the hiring process, interviewing people, and the coaching, the fact that you mm -hmm. teach them stuff, and, and they get it, and then they do something amazing, they surprise you. Uh, sometimes they fall off the rail, and you need to help them correct. Uh, I love it. I love it. And my manager noticed that, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, you're, you're in charge of hiring now for the team because <laughs> we, we, we got the best intern ever. I, I gave him what I thought it was a week's work of a week's worth of work mm -hmm. on Monday morning. Tuesday mm -hmm. after lunch, he shows up. Hugo, I'm done. What's next? Aww. So, so you know, really, really happy for him. So that's my next play. I want like, to lead a, a team. So that's my that's what I'm preparing myself to do. So next cycle, yeah. next year, I that's my goal. 
Thank you, Hugo. And I'm looking forward to continuing to listen to Conexiones and uh, just staying in touch with you uh, because you're an inspiration and you're you. um, doing things professionally and personally to advance your community. So I thank you for your time and for sharing your wisdom this um, today with us. And uh, once again, I look forward to continuing conversations with you. Thank you, Adriana. Uh, we will. We will definitely stay in touch. And thank you for sharing all these stories about people in tech and how others can get there. Tú también. Hasta pronto. Hasta pronto. Gracias. <laughs>